Welcome back to the FNF Coaches Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're excited about everything going on with FNF Coaches right now. Uh, as many of you know, we recently published our Coach of the Year edition of FNF Coaches. Uh, that, and that edition includes Coach of the Year selections for all 50 states. Visit FNFCoaches.com to view the latest edition and go to the Coach of the Year tab to find out who won Coach of the Year in your state. You can also subscribe to the magazine at the FNFCoaches.com website, and you can look at the um, editorial plan that we have for the year. Our next edition, the one that we're working on now, will have a strength and conditioning theme, and then in April and May, we will have a technology theme, which we are really excited about. It should be one of our best editions. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz on Twitter and our social media for the coach of the year selections. We're lucky, uh, to have, we're very excited to have one of our, of our coach of the year selections with us today from Williamsville high school, uh, state champion coach, Aaron Coons from, uh, Williamsville high. Is that how you pronounce your last name coach? Yes. Yes. Coons. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, we did a we featured you in our magazine. You had a great story. You had a come from behind win in the state championship game this year. Uh, you were down forty two thirty two with four minutes, uh, a little bit over four minutes left to go in the game. Came out and won an IHSA Class Three A state championship. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It was uh, you know I've had complete strangers you know stop me in places and and tell me honestly that that it's been the the best football game they've ever seen. And, um, it, it really was, it was, it, you know, or on our end, it was such, so thrilling and, you know, really tough, you know, tough, tough defeat for Byron, but they're, they're a heck of a program. And it was just such a great football game for on both sides. Now, can, uh, I know a lot of, uh, coaches have been in games, you know, maybe not state championship games like that, but games like that, where it's going back and forth, did you get when did when during the game do you get a sense? Hey, this is going to be a special game. It's going to come down to the wire. Um, my every decision is going to mean so much. Did did you get a sense for that pretty early in that game? Yeah, honestly, I got a sense of that. <laughs> you know, throughout the week, watching film uh, and 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 just knowing how good they were offensively. Uh, I talked to. I I even told our our offensive coordinator the night before the game. I said. Uh, we're going to have to score a lot of points to win. I, I said, honestly, you know, our defense, you know, we, we were a, we were a pretty small defense and, and, and we're playing a, a wing T team that was big and, and, and physical and could run. And I knew that, that there weren't going to be a lot of stops. And I, and I told our OC that we weren't going to get many stops. And he said, well, you know, try to get us at least three or four. So I knew going in that, that if we were going to be in the game, we were going to have to score points. So, so we went on the, we, we took the ball to start the game and, and we went, you know, we had a couple big third down conversions and, and we went down and scored pretty quickly. And then they got the ball right back and, and went right down the field and scored. We got the ball back, went down the field and scored. So I knew right then and there that, you know, a, you know, one stop honestly could, could mean, you know, if we got stopped and they, and, and they went up and, and, and got a two-score lead, it could be big trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And just to give our, our listeners a little bit of background, uh, you had the highest-scoring offense in program history this year with an average of 47.8 points per game. Your career record, you've been there at Williamsville for 17 seasons. Your career record is 146-45. and 45. 
And the reason I give that background, uh, you've been to the playoffs 11 straight seasons. So um, one of the themes that I want to talk to you about is building a winning culture. Obviously, you have one there at Williamsville with the um, consecutive playoff streak, the 150, almost 150 wins in, you know, 17 seasons. It's pretty remarkable. Now, when you got to the program, what what was the state of the program? Was it was it a rebuilding effort, or was it humming along when you got there? No, it. it yeah, I was an assistant before I took the job here, and and in the four years, I, I yeah, pretty sure four years before I took the job, uh, we had we'd been to the playoffs once, and we were coming off um, uh, a three and six year, and then two years before I started and then one and then a two and seven year. Uh, so when I got the job, my first year, there were, there were roughly 35 kids in the whole program. That's freshmen through seniors. And we went, we actually went one and eight my first year. So it, it was a total rebuild. Uh, that first year, um, that first year we did have, we had a, a really good sophomore group and, um, a lot of them played and, and then as, as juniors, you know, we, we were able to, when they were juniors, we were able to win seven games. And then the next year, you know, we, we won seven games again, but it was, it, it, you know, we were very consistent in, in my, in the first years of the program, getting to the playoffs, not, not winning a lot of playoff games, but, but from where we were from that first year I started, we started winning pretty consistently, what were some of the first things you did? Because, you know, a lot of coaches go into a similar situation. A lot of times if there's a job opening, it, it's because the program is a little bit down or they're struggling or the numbers are low. So you get there, you have 35 kids, and I obviously, you know, you want to build a, a winning culture. You want to win a, build a winning tradition. What are some of the first things you do? Well, the first thing we did was we, we really had to get kids in the weight room. I felt like that was a, an area that was really weak um, from from when I even when I was an assistant was trying to get get kids bought into the weight room. So we, we right away we we uh, we got some weight classes started um, where we got kids lifting during the school day. Um, that was a big, big part of, of getting things going. Uh, we also got our our speed speed work going right away and getting kids there and, and getting them to believe that, Hey, you know, we could win some games, you know, especially after that first year, we were one and eight, but getting them, Hey, if, if we get in this weight room and we get, we get training the right way that we can win some football games. And then, you know, you, 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 that next year we won some games and then they believe in it. And that just kind of snowballs into some really good things. So weight room uh, was big. Um, and, and, and speed and then really just, you know, talking to kids, getting more kids out, you know, our numbers, when, when I got here as enrollment, when I took over the job, we were, the enrollment here was, was, uh, roughly, you know, around 350. Now what's really helped us is, is our, both, the, we, we have two communities that make up our high school and, and both communities have, have, have grown quite quite a bit in, the, in in my 17 years so now we're now we're around 475 so get more kids out get more just kids to our school was really big yeah i know one of the things that you had mentioned when we spoke earlier was uh that you had 22 one-way starters and um i know a lot of coaches even you know powerhouse teams don't don't choose to go that way because they're thinking hey if i have an exceptional athlete 
Uh, you know, they can play corner and wide receiver or running back and linebacker or something like that. Uh, what What's your philosophy? Obviously, you're going to keep guys fresh and, you know, maybe um, decrease the risk for injury. But what are what are some of the things that you've seen in terms of making sure guys are able to just start one way and focus on that side of the ball? Well, I think there's I, I think there's a lot of things that it, that it benefits. Um, you know, for the first thing is if you get 22 starters, you have 22 kids that are really involved. Um, you know, if if you're starting six guys both ways, you know, then, you you know, then you're down to, you know, 16, 17 kids that are playing. So so the first thing is you've got 22 kids that are playing football and they know they're going to be playing. And then you then you've got guys that are backing them up in spots that, that know they have a good chance of getting on the field. So one thing that I've seen since we've gone to this and, and we're not every year going to be able to have, you know, 11, you know, 22 one way guys, but what, what I definitely noticed since we've, we've kind of gotten to this where we kind of made the commitment to do this about three or four years ago. And even when we had, you know, just two guys going both ways or, I just noticed that kids are, are kids have a feel like they have a chance to play. You know, they have a, they they feel like they got they got a shot. So that was a big one. Um, I think another another area is in practice. I mean, when we when we go our eleven best against our eleven best, whether we're running our stuff against our stuff or running our stuff against scout teams, it's pretty intense. And you know, we're getting really good looks and. And good, we're getting we're getting better in every segment because, you know, it, it becomes you know pretty pretty intense where where our O kids want to beat the D kids and our D kids want to beat the O kids, and um, we'll even do stretches where, uh, you know, where we'll do just hey we're gonna go ten minutes of our stuff against our stuff just to be really competitive in practice and and get after each other. So so practice has been really incredible. I think we've, we've helped get each other better. Um, and, and, and then obviously if a kid's just playing one side of the ball, he's, he's not getting as beat up. He's staying healthier. Um, you know, I think that, I think that's huge. Just, just knowing that you're in, you're in half as many reps in a game, you know, your chances of getting injured are, are half and, and really even less than that. Cause if you're playing when you're not tired, then, um, then that's, that's another benefit. And then lastly, we are an offense. We, we want to run a play. We want to run a play at, at, at a really fast speed. We go really, really high tempo. We're high tempo in practice. And I, I don't think our tempo would be as good if guys were playing a lot both ways. So there, there's a lot of the reasons why I believe in it. Um, I can tell you going into this year, we had like three spots where we actually argued, you know, our offensive staff and defensive staff were in arguments with where are we going to be able to find guys to fit these spots. And, and if, if every day a kid plays his one spot all the time, they get so much better. So we really believe in it. Um, you know, I, I hopefully next year we can do it again. Um, cause I really do think it's been a, a real benefit for our program. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one uh, one other thing I really want to talk to you about, and you had mentioned this um, almost, you know, the first thing that you mentioned when we were doing the story on your program um, and the state championship season. Last summer, uh, you had everyone, the coaches and players, study 
uh, former Ohio State football coach Jim Tressel's The Winner's Manual for the Game of Life. And you thought that had such a huge impact on the season. And you said even even last year you could tell uh, when you were studying the book that this this was a tight-knit group. Uh, it was kids who really cared about each other. They wanted to play for each other. There was no selfishness. And that uh, you, you thought you felt it could be a pretty special season. Now, is it? Do you study that particular book every year, uh, or what made you decide to pick that one for this season? Well, <clears throat> we we uh, we started doing book studies two years ago, and we had at the end of the seventeen year, I felt like I had, um, you know, not been as 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 good creating a culture. I I felt like I I had let some things go that I you know, discipline wise that I shouldn't have. And, and I thought, and, and really our morale, even though we had, we, we had some great seasons, our morale and, and really love for each other was down. So I, I, our AD Adam Euchre had had us do a book study within our, within our coaches, uh, you know, with all of our coaches and it was really awesome. So I thought, why don't we do this with our, with our football team and our kids? So we did that. We did the, the power of positive by John Gordon that first year, because I felt like we needed to be more positive and we needed some things. So, so then going into this year, I had read the winner's manual and I knew that, that we needed to really kind of decide um, on some core values and some things that we wanted to be about. So his book talks about um, the Big Ten fundamentals, and those are basically values. So I knew going in that, those, that, that reading about those values could really, could really get our kids um, thinking about what values do they want our team to stand for. Yeah, absolutely. And now, um, was there any resistance from your players? I know high school kids can say uh, can be resistant to reading or you know doing extra stuff out of class. Did they pretty? Did they embrace the the assignment? Well, I I think you know with everything you're going to have you know some negativity or or some kids not push as hard as others in certain things, but um, we do it in the summer, so there's no other homework that they're doing it with. Uh, so we do it completely when they're out of school and, and we, we make it fun. Uh, I think, I think a, a real special part of it is when we study the chapters, we get kids in different rooms. We get about eight different groups and, and we get freshmen through seniors together. And, and, you know, they, at first we just talk about things that are going on in their lives or something that makes each kid unique. And, and the freshmen really get to, to meet the sophomores and juniors and seniors and, and, and they they really feel like they're a part of the program right away. And then the seniors get to, you know, get to meet, to meet those freshmen. So it's really, we do it one day, we do it one day a week in the summer and that day we do less conditioning. We do less football. And so it, it's kind of like a reward time for the kids to, to know, Hey, we think this is important. We're, we're not, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're not going to do foot part, football for part of the day because this is more important. So, you know, it's led to some really good things. And, and so I think, do I think some, some kids aren't as jacked about it as others? Yeah, for sure. But I do think um, the majority of our kids uh, took it to heart and, and it really did help us get closer. Uh, one of the coolest things that, you know, we're reading, uh, we're reading the chapter on uh, giving and, and our kids said, hey, I think we need to give more to our community. And, and that led them and, and, and the thing about these book studies, it, 
it gets them doing things. It's not just us telling them what to do, but that led them to say, Hey, let's get in our groups and, and let's go out let's do some community service in our communities and in our, at, at our schools. And, and they did that from the book. So there's just so many things that, that I think it pulled them together. Um, and it gave them some core values to, to believe in. And then when times got tough, they, they, you know, they knew that they were there for each other and they loved each other. And that was a huge part of it. Yeah. And and that's a great fit for our, our theme of build, building a winning culture. It's so important for the guys first to be invested in, in the team. Everybody's pulling in the same direction and not, not worrying about, you know, the individual stats or anything like that. Um, have you decided, have you p- picked a book for next year or do you think you'll do, I guess you can't do the winner's manual again. Cause you have a lot of the same kids, right? Right. Yeah, we do. We will do a different book every year. Um, it, and maybe we'd rotate it out once all the kids had been through and come back and do it, do it again. But no, I'm in the process of kind of looking at some books, uh, and, and we're discussing that right now. So I'm not, I'm not sold on a book yet. So, so if anybody has any ideas, please <laughs> reach out and let me know of a good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, coach, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know um, you were catching it at the end of the school day. I think we just heard the bells in the background there. But uh, it, it is a great inspirational story. I think your team, um, you know, just the, the state championship game was a great story. And then when we dug deeper and found out uh, some of the things that you uh, do to build a culture and kind of create a winning team mentality, it, it was a great fit for the podcast. Hey, I'm, I'm, I, I totally believe in it. And, and, you know, if you guys, you know, if anybody has questions, um, questions about the book study, I, I, you know, I, am a hundred percent believer. I've, I've given, I've given a uh, talk on it at clinics and, and I've talked to some other coaches about it. And if anybody wants to reach out to me at Aaron Coons at Williamsville high school in Illinois, reach on out to me and I'll be glad. I'd love to send you info. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. And I, and I do think it's been a difference maker in our program. That's great. That is great. Well, coach, I will, uh, I will let you get going because I am going to just uh, wrap up the podcast here and I have okay. a couple of a kind of administrative things to talk about, but I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been, um, it's been great for the, for the podcast. This is only our third one of 2020. So uh, I, awesome. pre- I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Okay. Have a good day. All right. Take care. All right. Before we get going, a few more uh, things to talk about. First of all, if you are not uh, tuning in to FNF Coaches Every Day to read the FNF Coaches Talk pod, or, uh, blog, let me give you an idea of what that's about. Um, I say blog, uh, and everybody has a bad connotation of what that is. It's basically a roundup of the top three stories around the high school football scene. Uh, what it is, is it is a roundup of three stories. It could be a strength and conditioning story. It could be a team building story. It could be a podcast that everyone should go to and listen to, but we're recommending three things uh, that you should know about technology, things that are really worthy of your time. And we, we take the time to pick through all the different stories on the internet to find out what will work best for you. So we hope that you visit FNF Coaches. Uh, right at the top of the page is an FNF Coaches talk section. Follow us on Twitter if you don't want to come to the website every day because we will tweet out exactly when we do uh, the FNF Coaches talk post every day. So you can just click on the link. This is our third podcast. As I mentioned, FNF Coaches Talk Podcast. If you are interested in being a guest where you have a recommendation of somebody that you would like to see on the podcast, 
feel free to reach out to us either on Twitter at FNF Coaches, or you can email me, the uh, editor, Dan Guttenplan, and my email is dguttenplan at aeengine.com. Uh, that's aeengine.com. We enjoy uh, doing this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. We have an FNF Coaches newsletter every week that goes out. If you want to tune in or if you want to receive that, it's a free newsletter. We round up the best eight stories of the week. Go to our website, fnfcoaches.com, hit the subscribe tab, and you will be able to sign up for the newsletter at the very, scroll down to the bottom of the page, sign up for the newsletter. You'll get the email every week. We appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, this is the FNF Coach of the Year, Aaron Kuntz. We appreciate him coming on the, sh- on the podcast and uh, sharing his story with us. Next month, like I said, we will be doing a strength and conditioning theme. If you're interested in getting that edition, reach out to us or go to the subscribe tab on fnfcoaches.com. And then April, May is the technology edition. If you have a story recommendation or want to see something specific, whether it's uh, end zone cameras, sideline replay systems, anything like that, please reach out. We want to write the stories that you want to read. Thanks again for taking the time. Uh, We'll catch you again next time. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at ForneyIn.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, Ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.